stuff. Ladies, if you didn't hear that, you got to check that out. The Fall Ladies Brunch is coming up in September. Like I said, fall's right around the corner, and uh, this is an awesome event for our ladies. And uh, so it's to be September 17th. Corinne won't have had her baby yet, so um, she'll be able to go. Um, but so the Fall Ladies Bunch, that's an awesome opportunity. And this year, if you heard, it's $20, and that covers, there's a bunch of crafts, there's speakers, there's food, there's all kinds of stuff. But also, too, if you sign up um, as a lady of City Life, then you can bring a guest of City Life for free. And so you can go and sign up and do that as well. So um, please check that out. That's an awesome opportunity um, just to have a great day. Be blessed, encouraged, do girl things, and uh, have fun. So... Well, hey, so we're going to be doing our uh, sermon series, Let's Be Honest, jumping back into that tonight. Excited to be here with you talking on the sermon series. It's our summer series here at the Williamsburg campus, and uh, we have um, had some awesome services over the past couple weeks. Michelle and Braden and I were in Thailand for a couple weeks, and so uh, we had my dad speaking, so that was awesome to have dad here, and heard that was just a great night, and then we had uh, Celeste and Cam and um, Don speak one night on worship, and I heard that was just a powerful night, and so uh, bummed to miss both of those. Last week we had our family service, and we were able to have communion and just fun with our kids in here, so that was a great week as well. So tonight we're going to be jumping back into this. We've got a few weeks left on our summer series. During the summer, each one of our campuses, we kind of take a few uh, weeks where each campus is kind of doing its own service, um, doing its own sermon series. So we'll be coming back together uh, sometime in September, I believe it is, and we'll be doing a sermon series together across all three campuses. But um, we have been enjoying the sermon series. I don't know if you have, but I have. It's been fun. It's been encouraging. Hopefully, I've been enjoying it because I've been preaching it, and uh, I've been believing something God's given me. So, hey, right? So anyway, so tonight what we're going to be talking about is purpose. We're going to be talking about purpose, your purpose your distinct, unique purpose that God has given you on this planet. So we're going to be in Mark tonight, Mark chapter 10. You can go ahead and turn your Bibles there, Mark chapter 10, starting in verses, well, I have 51, but we're going to start in verse 56. We're going to go ahead and read the whole story. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. If you're there, say, I'm there. Good. If you say I'm not even turning, say that's me. Uh, you wouldn't admit that either, right? So Mark chapter 10, verse 46. We're going to go ahead and start reading. I at least appreciate your honesty because a lot of times I say, hey, if you're there, say I'm there. And like a lot of times, especially like students, they'll be like, there. And they don't even have a Bible in their hands. I'm like, you liar. You definitely need Jesus. All right, chapter 10, verse 46. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on. 
He's calling you. Don't you love that, right? The crowd's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And then Jesus says, hey, like, hey, bring it here. They're like, hey, come on, cheer up, right? Hey, people. So none of us, right? Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. So tonight, as we talk about purpose, talk about your purpose, your distinct, unique purpose that God has created you for, the reason that you're in this room right now taking up oxygen, you have a purpose in this world. God made you uniquely for something that he is doing and that he wants done in his will throughout eternity. And honestly, I believe that too many of us, oftentimes we walk around unaware of the purpose that God has for us. Too many times I believe that too many Christians especially, we walk around this life purposelessly. I don't even know how to say that, but purposelessly. Lee, 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 less Lee, purpose, right? We walk around without purpose. We walk around unaware of our purpose. We walk around having no clue what we're supposed to do, so we come up with things, and we have ideas of what we should be doing, and we try to make up things as we go, but we're not clear of the distinct purpose that God has for us and the way that he wants us to live our lives and what he wants us to live our lives for. And I believe as we walk around life without understanding what that purpose Purposes, it leaves us in a place where we're living our lives goallessly, where we don't have goals. We live our lives meanlessly or undirected. We have this sense where we're not really sure of what's going on, so it kind of, we just like, I don't know, just whatever happens, happens, and we kind of just let life happen, and we wake up, and you're like, whoa, what in the world happened? I'm four years older, right? You know, like, I just graduated college, or I'm getting ready to go to college, and then all of a sudden, life is just like there, and you're like, whoa, I'm graduated college, and I'm getting ready to get married, and wow, what in the world happened? And sometimes we just kind of just go through life that way, and we just kind of float through our existence. Sometimes that leads people to live a haphazard life, where they're not just kind of floating through existence, they're not just kind of there, but they're actually working against themselves. They're actually working against the things that God wants to do in their lives and through their life, and so they just take on things. They take on responsibilities or actions that are actually harmful to their person, harmful to their souls, harmful to their destiny, and they live a haphazard life, and it's because they don't believe or understand the unique purpose that God has for them. So they live random or pointless lives. Maybe you've found yourself in a season like that. I know that I have. That I've lived in seasons way longer than I wanted to. Not even just a season. It was a lifetime for me for a while. Where it's like, I don't know if I have a purpose. I don't know what my purpose is. And all of those words that I just gave had a, a distinct meaning in my life. That I could say, yes, I remember a time in my life where I live haphazardly. I remember a time in my life where I just was meaninglessly living. I was just kind of floating and existing. I can look at those moments in my life and see that. But as I even talk about tonight that God has a unique purpose for you, 
If you find yourself in a place where you say, I don't know if that's me, I don't know if that's true, or yeah, I hear what you're saying, Jamie, like yeah, definitely, I don't know if I have a purpose, or I don't know what my purpose is. I see the things that you're saying, and I can see those active in my life, or I see where those things could be taking place, and that, you, you would say, that defines me, but I just don't know if God could have a purpose for me. I know that sounds like you could preach good, I know it sounds like it's a good idea that we should all be encouraged about, but I just don't know if it's true for me. I don't know if I can believe, if you can point it out in scripture, I don't even know if I can believe it. Do you know that even physics tells us that every single thing that exists from the stars to the birds to the little roaches that exist, every single thing, I know, right, it's crazy, even roaches have a purpose, but every single thing, physics teaches us that every single thing has a design and purpose built into it. Every single thing has a design and a purpose built into it. This same law in physics also tells us that this design and purpose is built into all things. That that thing, whatever that living thing is, it cannot understand and live out its purpose until it receives energy from an outside source. Until some type of energy comes from an outside source, there is no way that living thing can live out its purpose. So a tree can't be a tree unless it gets energy from the sun. You tracking with me? Every single thing has design and purpose built into it. But until that living thing receives energy from outside of itself, it will never live out its purpose. And tonight, in order for you and me to understand the purpose and design that God has for us, we've got to receive an energy from an outside source. In Colossians, it tells us that outside source is Jesus himself. In fact, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says that everything was made for him and made through him. And that he's the one that holds all things together. All things together, all things are found, it, all of its purposes are found in Jesus. They're all for Jesus, and they're all realized because of Jesus. Jesus is the thing that holds things together. So tonight, what I want you to hear, that Jesus gave his life not just for humanity. Jesus didn't give his life just so that he could get it done and so that things could be over and people could say, okay, great, I don't have to go to hell. Jesus gave his life for you because he has a life that he wants you to live. And as you live out your life, as he's destined for you to live your life, people will see God and see the beauty of who he is in a greater and fuller way. God has a plan he has a purpose for you. And you have to see it tonight because purpose outside of Jesus cannot be realized. Every single one of you, you have a purpose. And every purpose through Christ is a one-of-a-kind expression of God's creativity and power and love and grace in his divine plan. And so tonight, he wants you to begin to see and understand his purposes for you with your Bibles that you so eloquently turned to before, can you turn with me to Psalm 139? Psalm 139. I had it marked earlier and then I changed it. Psalm 139. I'm giving you time to turn there. I hear the pages rustling, it's encouraging. Psalm 139, verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Isn't that awesome? Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. 
Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. I love one translation that says, how well my soul knows it. It's this sense, this deeper understanding, this inner understanding of who God is and all that he's done to make us. And then it goes on to say this. He watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious, hear this, how precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They can't be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. How awesome is that? That God, from the very beginning of time, he saw you, he knew you, he made you for a purpose. And his thoughts, his dreams, his hopes for that purpose are bigger than you could ever imagine. I love how the psalmist says, they're greater than the sands of the seashore. We were just at the beach last night walking around as one of my children, Braden, was catching Pokemon. And we were walking around and I stole the phone and started catching them as well. But we were going around and just walking around and you, you see all of the sand that's there. And you see all of the boats that are out there dredging the sand up and pulling the sand up. I mean, you can't even begin to imagine how much sand's there. And it's just this overwhelming thought. That's how many good thoughts. That's how many great thoughts. That's how many dream-filled thoughts God has of you. And he has a purpose for you that's bigger than you can even imagine. And he wants you to know what that purpose is, and he wants you to live that purpose out every single day. Isn't that awesome? That's good stuff. Mom's encouraged. I'm encouraged. That's good. Come on, look at your neighbor real quick. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, hey, you are marvelous. Yeah, right? Come on, say it again. You are marvelous. Look at your neighbor and say, you are complex. Right? And all the husbands say yes, right? But hey, look, no, I'm just kidding. That's wrong, right? Hey, come on, seriously, look at your neighbor this time and say, hey, you have a purpose. Father, I pray in the next few minutes as we walk through your scripture, God, that you will point to us your word, your truth. God, that our hearts will be exposed to your love. God, that we will begin to understand the depths of who you are the dreams that you have for us, the purposes you have for us. And God, we will step out to live those for you and for your glory. God, we thank you so much for who you are and all that you're doing in our lives. Be with us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. So growing up for me, I was, it was very difficult for me to understand or even believe that I had a purpose. Because see, growing up for me... When I was growing up and, 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 and living my life, you know, just kind of going through my life, like, it was hard for me to find something that I was really good at. Have you ever been there, right? I was just the guy, like, I had a really hard time, like, uh, just with anything that required rhythm or, like, um, coordination, right? So anything like that. So that kind of count up music. I really love sports. I wanted to play sports, you know, and, and I would love to, I love playing soccer. I played soccer for a long time. I'd be the kid that was running down the field. And as I'm running down the field, just for no reason, nobody around me, it's just like, boom, boom, and I just roll down the field and I get up, right? And I'm just like, what in the world happened? And mom's like, your feet are growing, right? <laughs> it was so awesome. She was so compassionate. It's your feet, honey, right? They're just bigger than your body. It's okay, you know? And so it's just like, you don't have coordination, right? So but, you know, so like I love sports, but I wasn't really great at sports. I had a small frame, and, and I just didn't really do that. I, I wasn't really great at music because I didn't have rhythm. And, and, and I wasn't really good at speaking because I was very insecure for whatever reason. I was insecure.
insecure and I had a hard time talking in front of people. I would get very nervous in front of groups of people. In fact, this is very much different than now and I'll tell you how much Jesus has done in my life. I remember the first sermon I ever preached. My youth pastor asked me to preach and so I got up there to preach and I had my notes. It was about two and a half pages of notes. I got up there and I looked at it and I started to read and I never looked up and I gripped the side of the pulpit as tight as I could and I was done in about 35 seconds. And I looked over at him and he just said, is that it? And I said, uh-huh. And he's just like, okay. And then he got up there and just preached a sermon and totally saved me. And he's like, Jamie just gave us an introduction tonight and this is what we're gonna preach on. And he just totally saved me. It was awesome. And I was like, thank you, right? But I was just like, I got down and I'm like, what in the world? Like, I was like, I, what am I good at? What am I supposed to do? You know, I was the kid who, human videos, you guys, anybody remember human videos back in the day? No, nobody remembers. So these were the things, right, we would take, Christian songs. You remember Carmen? You remember Carmen? Anybody remember Carmen? No? A couple? All right, because, come on. All right, so there's a couple of us. So Carmen, you need to look him up on YouTube tonight, right? It's going to be awesome. It'll change your world, I'm telling you. So Carmen, he would, he would sing these songs that had stories, right, that all along them, right? I mean, all these insane stories. So he did this one song as a champion. It was about Jesus and Satan fighting. And so we would have these kids come together, and we would act out the scene of Jesus and Satan fighting, right? And so we would do that, or there would be all these other songs, and we would, you know, there's this one song about the lambs and the goats. I don't even remember, like, I know it's a scripture verse. I don't remember the song, but I just remember we were like black sheep and white sheep, and there was something happening, right? There's a lot of crazy things that happen in these human videos, but like, all the time in these human videos. Like I would sit there and they would talk about, here's what we're gonna do. And I'd be like, oh man, this will be so cool. I wanna be Jesus. I wanna, you know, beat up Satan. That's gonna be so awesome. I didn't get picked to be Jesus. I got picked to be Satan. Or I got picked to be a demon every single time. Or I get to be, be picked. I don't know why, but in our human videos, we did a lot of drugs and we did a lot of other things in our human videos, a lot, right? And very dramatically. And so, like, it was so funny. You're sitting on a street corner in New York City doing a human video, and there's this, like, Jesus and Satan, and they're fighting, and then you got a kid over there going, you know, and it's just like, and then somehow, anyway, so I'm, it was crazy. It was the 90s, who knows, right? So, anyway, so all of this happened, right? And I'm just sitting there every single time. I was the demon. Every single time I was the kid doing drugs. Every single time I was the kid that was bullying somebody. Every, like, so I was sitting there like, what in the world, right? Or I was the rock, right? In the, in the one, you know, it's a song about the stone rolls away. I was the stone. Like, you know what that meant? A piece of black cloth on me, and I just stood there like this, and I couldn't see anything, right? So that's what I was. And it started framing this picture of who I was. It started framing this voice inside of me and saying, this is what you do. We started, we kind of moved away from choir or from human videos and we had a choir. We would go around and we would travel and they would say, hey, you know what? Um, instead of singing the song, kid you not, this literally happened. Instead of singing the song, Jamie, can you just mouth the word watermelon while everybody else sings? That way you don't have to worry about knowing the words, right? Really what they're saying is we don't want the microphone to pick you up. So if you could just mouth the words watermelon, it'll look like you're singing, right? And you can just stand there. I didn't even do that good enough, apparently, because I got pulled off of the stage and I became the prop boy. That's what everybody called me in youth group, prop boy, prop boy, right? Because I was the kid that carried the speakers and the microphone wires and did all that stuff. It messed me up. It messed me up. I'm just telling you. I had years of counseling that I still need to go through because of these situations in my life. I'm just kidding. I've kind of gotten over it. But all of these, like, I mean, literally, as I was growing up, it was hard for me to believe that I had a purpose because I didn't even know if I had a place. 
Like, I, I didn't even have a, a place to exist, to exude purpose. Like, to have a purpose, like, that was crazy to me. I didn't even know if that was possible. I didn't believe that it was really something that I could have. And so I began to convince myself that I was just here. That I didn't really have a purpose, that I didn't really have a place, and I was just kind of not wanted, and I was not cared for, and I allowed that voice to become the dominant voice in my life. And what happened was, is I began to live in this place of just meaninglessness. I, I just existed. I was just there. And before long, I stepped into this haphazard life where I was literally working against the things that God wanted to do in my life. I was literally working against myself. I was working against my family. That's where I was because I de denied and doubted the fact that I could have a purpose in life. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't understand it. There's just no way that that could be true. If you were to come up to me and you were to ask me, hey, are you happy with where your life is in God right now. Like I would just look at you like you were crazy or I would just break down and cry, either one. Like there's no telling what was gonna happen in the moment. I was an emotional mess. I still am right now. Somebody even made fun of me tonight about that. So like, you know, it's just like one of those things. I had, who knows, it was just, it was like that question that you would get all the time, right? That was obvious questions. Don't you love those obvious questions that people ask you? You know, your husband does something that he shouldn't do or he says something really stupid in the heat of the moment. And then he looks at you and says, are you mad? Right? Come on, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Are you like, am I mad? <laughs> right? Or your kid, like they just spill something all over the counters and they just make a mess of everything and there's just like Coke dripping off the counter on the floor. You know, it's like, Dad, are you upset? <laughs> am I upset? Right? Right? Or kids, you know, like your parents are just like, hey, I want you home at 10. You're like, okay. And then as you're walking out the door, you're like, you know what? Make it 9 o'clock. Right? And you're just like, nine o'clock, are you serious, you know? And they're just like, yeah, you know? And they're just like, you know, do you want me to be able to trust you? And you're like, mm, do I even care, right? But those obvious questions, those obvious questions that can come out and that people ask you in that moment, that's what's happening right here. See, Bartimaeus, he's sitting there on the side of the road and Jesus begins to walk by and he's calling out for Jesus and he's just saying, hey, I, I hear that you're here, and he's like, hey, have mercy on me. I'm suffering over here. Have mercy on me. Like, I'm looked down upon. Have mercy on me. I have no purpose. I have no place. I'm just existing. Help me. Acknowledge me. See me. And people are telling him to be quiet. And then eventually he gets Jesus' attention. And he comes, and he's standing there in front of Jesus, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do? What do you mean, what do you want me to do? Like, have you ever thought that when you read that? Like, there's a blind guy standing in front of Jesus, you know? <laughs> what do you want me to do? Um, paint the sky purple. I don't know, right? Like, he's like, what do you want me to do? It's this obvious question that's asked. And he's just sitting there, and like, I know sometimes... Maybe you're in your place and you're trying to wonder what your purpose is in life. You're trying to wonder where your place is. You're trying to figure out what it is that God wants you to do in this world. And sometimes there's moments where you just sit there and you hear something in a sermon or you read something in a book or a, a follower of Jesus that you're close to comes and tells you something and you're just like, seriously? Like, that's what you're going to ask? Seriously? That's what you're going to say to me in this moment? And sometimes we can even get to this place where we can ask ourselves, does God even get it? Like, does God even care? Like, right now in this moment, like, 
it's obvious what needs to happen. It's obvious that I need to be able to, to have some sense of meaning. It's obvious that I need to have some sense of purpose in my life. It's obvious what needs to happen in this moment. And we feel like in this section where we are in our life, where all of a sudden you're just like, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what God knows. He knows what needs to happen. And we're just like, God. And he's just like, what do you want? And we're like, what are you talking about? What do you want? Does God even get it? Does God even care? Does he even understand what I'm going through? One of the things I love about this question that's being asked, it's not about whether or not God gets what's going on in our lives and where we are. This question points out this deeper reality in which God was asking him. And God was asking him this question, this obvious question, to reveal his true desire. See, he was asking this question because it wasn't for Bartimaeus to say, do you even care? Do you even get it? Like, are you God? Like, I mean, can you, like, even get this? Like, what the question was about was to point out and to reveal Bartimaeus' true desire. And sometimes when we're in our place and we're trying to walk through and we're trying to figure out what our purpose is and we're trying to figure out what this life is about, what this Monday's about, what this family's about, what, 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 what my gifts are supposed to be for, as we're walking through this life and trying to figure it out, God is going to put us in these places where he's going to ask us questions and he's going to push on us and he's going to put us in a place where we can have questions asked of ourselves and we're going to have to ask God a lot of questions because he's wanting to reveal something to you in that moment. In Matthew chapter 6, he encourages us to seek his kingdom first. See, a lot of times we go through life in Matthew chapter 6, leading up to verse 33, he's like, yeah, you're worried about the food that you're going to eat, but I don't want you to be worried about the food that you're going to eat. Like, I want you to, to be able just to trust that I'm going to take care of you. See, but we go through life and we want the food for today, but he wants to satisfy our eternity. We go through and we're like, hey, what clothes am I going to wear? And it's not about the clothes that we're going to wear. He wants you to know the depth of his love for you. He wants to know the depth of his protection and his grace and that he's going to always be there to provide for you. See, the question isn't about whether or not God gets it. When we're wondering what it's about, when we're wondering what we're doing, it's not about whether or not God gets it. It's about do we get what God's doing in our lives? Do we get what God wants to do in our lives and do we get what he wants to do through our lives. See, the question he was asking Bartimaeus, it's not, do you want what you think is, what he was asking him was this, is do you want what you think is best in your life or do you want what I want you to do in your life? See, he's going up to him, he's just like, hey, listen, do you want what you think is best in your life or do you want what I want to do with your life? And can you believe that I truly can do that? So we have to get to a place where we believe God can and wants to do something profound with our lives. And a lot of times when we're going through life and we're trying to figure things out and we're trying to make sense of where we are, why everything seemed to be going great one minute and the next minute it seems to be falling apart. As we're going through and we're trying to make sense of where our family's growing and everything's great and then the kids grow up and they get opinions of their own and things start to fall apart a little bit. Or as we're going through life and we're just trying to figure stuff out, what's the purpose of all this? What's going on in this moment? And God comes to, up to you and he says, what is it that you want? What he's pointing to is, is that he's already doing something. And there's something that he wants to do through your life that you can't even imagine. And what he's asking is, is do you believe that I can do that? And are you willing to let me do it?
See, that's exactly what he's asking. And that's what he's pushing on in this moment. Because for Bartimaeus and for you and I, it's in his time of blindness that things were made clear to him of what he really wanted. See, where he was in his blindness, where he was sitting on the side of the road for how many ever years he was sitting there in his isolation and and, in his place of just wanting something to be fixed. It was in that place that there he was that he learned what it is that he really and truly wanted. Have you ever thought about the fact that as he's sitting there blind on the side of the road, like there had to be a time and a moment where somebody came to him and informed him that he was different. There had to be a moment where somebody came and informed him that he was blind. There had to be a moment where all of a sudden he began to realize that his life was different and that he was facing different challenges than other people. It was in that moment that he began to, as he began to live his life blind and different, and because in their culture, definitely isolated and looked down upon, it was in that moment where he was, that through his suffering and through his time and the longevity of that to this moment where he met Jesus, that he begins to truly say, this is what I want. Because he could have settled at any moment. I'm sure there was moments as Bartimaeus was growing up that he could have said, hey, If somebody would just give me a lot of money so I don't have to sit here and beg anymore, I'll be good. Like, if if somebody could just take care of me and I don't have to worry about all of these things anymore, like, that would be awesome. If somebody could just, like, pass a law where nobody could ridicule me anymore and nobody could look down upon me, nobody could say hateful things to me anymore, like, if somebody could just take care of that and I could just live my life, then everything would be great. If if somebody could just... He could settle all day long and just have moments where he says, this is all I need. But see, there was this reality that was taking place in him. And when Jesus came up to him and Jesus said, hey, what is it that you need? Like he truly understood what it was in that moment. Yes, of course, it seems obvious that he would want his sight. But it was this realization in that moment that not only is it that he wanted his sight, but he wanted and was able to believe that God was able to give him his sight. And in receiving his sight, he was saying, I'm willing to live my life as you ask me to live my life. That there is gonna be something that is gonna dramatically change in this moment. I'm not gonna just sit there and say, God, you know what? Just give me the small thing. Just give me some money so I don't have to worry about stuff. God, in this moment, he says, hey, what do you want? I mean, he could have just said, you know, like, hey, just, you know, hook me up with somebody that can walk me around and take care of me and, and you know, can love me in a special way. Like, I, I, that's all I need. But he was just like, no, I need my sight. I want to see. And I know that that's drastically going to change everything because I've never seen before. Like, I've lived my life without sight. And I don't know what it's going to be like to see. And I realize that you're standing in front of me. And if you're the one that can give me the sight, that you're going to ask me to live my life differently. That there's something that you're asking of me. And I'm willing to believe that you can give me my sight. And I'm willing to trust you with my life. See, that's what he's asking of each and every one of us. And there's many of us tonight. Where you are right now isn't where you want to be. Where you are right now, the things you're going through right now, they're not the things that you want to be enduring. They're not the things that you want to be facing. The reality of your life is not what you want it to be. 
If you were able to get a magic pen and write out your life story, you would begin changing things right now because this is not where you want things to be. And you look at it and you say, I don't know if this is where, if this is the way it is right now, the projection, I'm not excited about where it seems to be leading. But can I throw out to you that right now where you are, it's the very place that God wants you to be because right now in this moment, he's making you desperate for the things that he wants to do with your life. He's preparing you to get to a place where you can say, God, this is what I want. See, some of us, we sit there and we look at our suffering and we look at where we are right now and we say, this is not cool. This is not where I want to be. I want to just get rid of this. I just want to be done with it. I just want it to be over with. But God's saying to you, hey, listen, I want you to live your life differently. I want you to live your life boldly. And I want you to be able to say, whatever it is that you want, I'm willing. And some of you right now, where you are, God's developing in you a passion for something that you may not even realize should be your passion. Right now, he's using the heartache and the pain that you're going through to put in you the dream that he has for you. Because you're looking at your problem and you see it as a problem. But I'm just telling you, when you look at scripture, when you see a problem in a person's life, you see that they soon begin to decide and understand that that problem becomes their purpose. You wanna be the solution? You wanna be the answer? You wanna find an answer to the problem in your life? You wanna be the, or find a fix to the things that are going on in your life, or the things that break your heart? Maybe they're things that aren't even close to you, but when you see them in the news or when you read them or you hear people talk about them, your heart begins to break. Maybe there's things that you've been calling out to God for and you've been asking time and time and time again that God would provide an answer for that very thing and you haven't seen it come true. Is he working in you? Is he shaping in you? Is he just refining you to say, I don't want anything else other than this one thing? There's a moment where he's gonna come to you and he's gonna say, what do you want, Kimberly? What do you want? And right now there's a moment where he's working something in your life. There's doing something he's doing in your life where he's pointing you to the thing that he wants you to do in this world. And you feel like time has gone by and you feel like you've been ignored and you feel like everything is working against you and you're just like, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what my purpose is. And there's something though that's bothering you. There's something that's breaking your heart. There's something that's devastating you. And that could be the very thing that God puts you here on this planet for. Bartimaeus, his blindness was not something he chose. It's obvious it's not something he wanted. When he asked for his sight and he received his sight, he also received his purpose. Luke tells us that as he received his sight, he followed Jesus and he began to praise him. And as he praised him, everybody in the town began to praise God as well. Are you willing to live your life without something? Because the life without is a life that God wants people to see. He wants to see your contentment. He wants to use your peace and your trust in him in that moment to be a beacon for others to see God's faithfulness and kindness. The 
heartbreak that you have. You're walking through that heartbreak so that you can be somebody who comes along and encourages somebody else in the same situation. You desperately want to see God answer something in your life, and it's something good. It's something everybody wants for you. It's something that you know that God wants for you, but it's just not coming true for you. And could it be that you're not receiving an answer to that? Because the reason you don't have that is going to help reveal the answer of what you're supposed to have in this life and what you're supposed to do. Are you willing to trust God? Are you willing to trust Him? If the thing that you're praying for could drastically change your life, if you were to truly hear God say yes, and here it is, and it would change everything about you and everything that you're hoping for, are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to submit? See, this is a question that Jesus is asking in this moment. And what he's saying is, is do you just want what you think is best for your life? Or do you want what I want to do with your life? There's got to be a moment of clarity where we stop and we say, God, whatever you want to do with my life, whatever it is, God, I'm willing. God, I, I, I want to trust you, and I'm going to say yes in that moment. As Cam comes up, he's going to sing a song here for us. But for me, going back to when I was a kid, so I joke around about sitting there and not having any of these gifts or not having any of that stuff, and it truly did mess with me and then truly allowed the enemy to use those things to speak a lie into my life that distracted me for a long time. When I got saved and I gave my heart to Christ, it was cool to see the things that I struggled with and the, the things that I saw as insecurities and the things that I saw as weaknesses. The things that I went through that I wish that I didn't have to go through. Slowly and even now, still today, even this week as I was at the conference, God's speaking and putting his finger on that time in my life and saying, that's why it was there. Here's what I was doing in that moment. See, for me, I love to solve problems. I love to solve problems. In fact, I love to solve problems so much, I create problems just so that I can solve them. So for me, as a kid, who was always put in a different place, I was always just able to see things from a different angle. See, I didn't get to be the kid that was up front. But now as I think about it and look back, I got close to my youth pastor because he knew where I was and he knew I could see things that nobody else on the stage could see. And he would come and ask me questions about how can we make this better? How can we do this? What does that person look like while they're over there? And now I'm gonna be like, it's a human video, they look goofy. But at the time I was able to point something out. When I was the prop boy and I was in the choir, I wasn't up on the stage singing, but I was able to hear the people from a different angle. I was able to see the things that were going on and the, the plays and the dramatic things that we were doing. I was able to see those from a different angle. And I began to become a person of resource to the youth leaders and youth pastors because I was able to see things and help them to make things better. As my life has grown and as I progress through life, 
I oftentimes find myself in odd places. I, I find myself in a place where I say, why am I here? What am I here for? And God has strategically put me there so that I can see something, so that I can ask a question that nobody else is going to ask. I can throw out an idea that nobody else is going to throw out because over time, even if it's the stupidest idea in the world, I just have no filter and I just throw stupid ideas out. And sometimes it's the very thing that we need so that we can see the change that needs to happen so that we can move forward. See, what I thought, what I thought was less. What I thought was hurtful and harmful. What I felt as rejection. It was actually strategic position. It was actually character development. It was actually God loving on me. It was actually God refining the skills and the gifts and the purposes that he has for me. Because I've been through some things that have been genuine and true rejection, I'm able to bring voice and comfort and grace to people who are walking through serious moments of rejection. The church that I worked at, we were walking through and it was good-sized youth minister, and we're walking through, and one of the pastors, my boss, was talking to me, and he's like, hey, it just seems like you always attract, and he just kind of stopped. In the moment, I knew what he was saying, and just because I like to push the envelope a little bit, and I was like, what, the weird people? And he's just like, I, I wouldn't say it that way. It's like, well, that's exactly what you mean. See, I always felt like an outsider. I never felt like I was accepted on the inner circle. My entire Christian life, I've connected with people that feel like they're on the outside. See, the life that I was living, it was one that I was trying to push away and trying to reject. There was a moment where I encountered Christ. And Christ came into my life and he literally changed everything. He said, what do you want? I said, I want to live my life for you. I want to see you do great things in this world. And for too long, I fought against what it was. I wasn't able to see the purpose that God was putting in me. And all I just want to say to you tonight is, is where you are is where God wants you to be. And where you are right now, God is doing something right now to shape your character. He's doing something to birth a dream. He's doing something to ignite a fire in you because he wants you to be the answer to a problem in this world. He wants you to be the solution to someone else's hurt and pain. He wants you to be his grace and joy and mercy extended in this world. And where you are right now is an opportunity for that to be refined so that when he comes to you and he says, what do you want, you can say, this is the thing I want, and you can step out and live that life boldly for him. See, in that moment, when he received his sight, he can see, and now that he can see, he was able to see with clarity and passion like nobody else. Can you imagine going from never seen to having your eyes healed and automatically seen in a moment? Can you imagine every time he opened his eyes, what he saw there in front of him? Every time he saw a tree waving in the wind, 
the emotion and the joy and the satisfaction that probably came through his soul when he saw this beautiful just robe of purple walk by on this royal person as they walk by. Can you imagine as he marveled at the colors and the crown and the glistening of the diamonds and the boldness of the gold? Can you imagine how his eyes saw? See, tonight, God is speaking to somebody. He's speaking to you tonight. And he's asking, what do you want? Because you, you're just like, what is my purpose? What am I here for? And he's already been working on it. He's already been shaping you. He's setting you up and he's getting you ready. There's something that he's pointing out that he wants you to do. And there's going to be a moment where you're going to say, I'm willing. Whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is you want to do through my life, I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to believe you. And when you do that, you're going to open your eyes and you're going to see things in a whole new way. It's no longer rejection. It's an opportunity to extend love. It's no longer pain and suffering, but it's an opportunity to speak of strength and God's goodness and mercy. That's what it is because he had a moment of clarity and he had a moment where he was able to see. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 says now we can come boldly into his presence. Now we can come boldly into his presence. Because we've received life through Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and our faith in him, you are now made a son and daughter. And just as quickly and boldly as my children can run into any room that I'm in, sometimes whatever, but they can run in that room with confidence that I'm there and that I'm going to love them and I'm going to speak to them and that I'm going to embrace them. Just with that type of boldness, we can run into God's presence. And in this moment, he's speaking to you, and he's saying your life is not meaningless. Your life is not without purpose. Your life, if it's just something where you feel like it's just there and it just doesn't have any, no, it's not true. You are a child of God if you believe in him, and there's a purpose within you that he wants you to live that nobody else can live. There's something he wants you to do that no one else can do, and so you, can come boldly in that moment and say, here's what I want. Here's what I want you to do. You can trust. And I love this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. Again, it says that we can boldly come to him in his presence. But guess what? It talks about in our suffering. If you're suffering, you can boldly come into God's presence. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, in your weakness. You can come to him boldly. Why? Because Jesus lived a life as a human being and he understands your weakness. And because he conquered death and sin, he has now given you an opportunity in your weakness to come boldly into his presence. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12 to 25, you were able to come into his presence. Why? Because Jesus, in finality, in all things, in one fell swoop, he conquered all sin, all death, all pain, all suffering, all loss on the cross, and he gave you a chance for victory. And so tonight, your purpose is something God begin, is wanting to begin to speak to you, and he wants you to step in boldness into his presence and say, God, I'm willing, I trust, God, I want to do the things that you want me to do, God, I want to live that life, and tonight, even as I was talking, there's something that God is pushing on your heart. And you've said, why doesn't this go away? Maybe it's because it's the thing that God wants you to do. 
maybe it's a life that he wants you to live. Because I'm just telling you, this world people, this world needs people chasing after Jesus, saying, yes, I know what it is that I want. I know what it is I want you to do. And I know where it is that I want to go for your glory. And I say, yes. So as Cam sings this song, I want you to sit in your seats. And I want you to listen to the words. Tonight, if you're a person who has been shrinking back for the things that God's called you to do, and in your shrinking back, you've let dreams die, as God reminds you of the dreams, as you begin to sense His Holy Spirit speaking to you and reminding you of the purpose He has for you, I want you to boldly step into His presence and say, God, this is what I want. I believe it's what you've given me to do and it's what I want. Some of you, you've been avoiding God because you know what it is he wants you to do and you know what it is he wants to do with your life and you're scared to death to say yes. Will you say yes tonight and don't run from the opportunities to be used because you don't have enough but trust that you have everything you need in Christ. And some of you, you fail to see the obvious that's right in front of you. And for the longest time, you've been saying, God, I want this. God, I want this. God, I need this. God, can you please do this? Can you please do this? And he's just said to you, what do you want? What do you want? And you're just like, I want this. I want this. I want this. And he's saying, what do you want? And you're like, I want this. And I want this. He said, no. Do you want what's best? What you think is best for your life? Or do you want what I'm wanting to do with your life? And even if it's that, especially if it's that, God, I want it. And I want to see like I've never seen before. So as he sings a song, listen to these words and let God speak to you. Into your family 
with you believing that God is for you and that God is with you. And I said all of that so that we could get to a place where we can say, God, whatever it is that you want me to do and wherever it is that you have me, God, I don't want to look at it with insecurity. I don't want to look at it with fear. God, I don't want to look at it with frustration. I don't want to look at it with anger. I don't want to look at it with resentment. I don't want to look at it with doubt. I want to instead look at it and say, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you want to do with my life? What is it, God, that you are ready and wanting to do? Because, God, that's what I want. See, he was able to ask that question, what do you want? Because he was ready to give it freely. And tonight, exactly where you are and the life that you're living, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've said, I believe in you and you are my Lord and my Savior, you are a child of God. And where you are right now, it is protected, it is secure, and it is full of love and grace and mercy. And I'm just telling you, in that place, God has purpose for you. In that place, God is birthing purpose in you. Trust Him. Believe Him. The things that He's given you to do in this moment, they might seem inconsequential. They might seem irrelevant. They might seem frustrating. But say yes to God. Choose to see God working in those moments and be the light that He's asking you to be in this world. There's nothing greater. There's nothing greater. And you're wanting your sight. I'm just telling you, He wants to give it. It's right there. Father, just go with us and be with us. God, help us to discover the purpose you have for us. Not waiting for it long off in the distance. But God, trusting and seeing that our purpose is found only in Jesus. And see that you're standing right in front of us. And you're saying it's right here. God, help us to see what it is that you want to do, that you're able to do. God, help us to trust and help us to say yes. Help us to surrender. Help us in our hearts to know what it is that you want to do with our lives. And may that become the thing that we want and nothing else. God, in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Love you guys. See you back next week. Have a great week. Be blessed.